0: everyone! If you've been listening to this show for a while, you may remember feminist porn producer Laura Glass. She was on episode 2 talking about her new movie, The Color of Her Desire. The film premiered at Color of Desire Art Show, which was here in Montreal on February 13th, but it's not yet been released. Well, last week I was happy to meet up with both actors in the film. Amelia Bronte, who actually wrote the script, and Booty Plunder. To talk about what it's like to be in an adult film, what sorts of other projects they've been working in, and uh, what they think about sexuality and the way sex and sensuality is portrayed in Western media, along with a few unexpected surprises along the way. This episode runs a bit long, so if you're listening to it on streaming radio, it's possible you may miss a bit. So remember you can always hear the entire episode over at shareaslicepodcast.com. So there's a lot to talk about. Let's get right in.
1: The movie was about uh, my desire for another person. Um, but more deeply, I really feel like the movie was about um, being honest about sexuality and um, how sexuality can exist regardless of, not, um, of whether or not you're involved with somebody. Um, but that... It's something that's deeply personal as well.
0: It's two people who, who meet, I guess, or, or who see each other, and then they, they desire each other. Is that
1: fair? It's about a brief encounter, I would say. I don't really know if your character desires me or not.
2: I would say it's m- the story is very focused on your character. Yeah. Because I, I don't really speak in the movie. I mean, I have a several lines, but that's it. Like the whole narration is all done.
1: I'm fairly certain, um, and I, I wrote the script, um, <laughs> and, you know, it's really just about um, my character's desire to be with a person and sort of a star-crossed love when either that, for whatever reason, that cannot be reciprocated or just where they are in life aren't ready for each other right now my character isn't clear about how that um how the other person feels just the fact that she has these feelings.
0: At some level I must have known that Amelia wrote the film, but uh for some reason two and two didn't add up. So that's <laughs> so we're talking to the the author, the pro. If anybody knows, it's Amelia.
1: Well, you know, I read this really great quote um actually on Facebook the other day where um one person says, I feel like you misunderstood the point. And then the writer says, I misunderstood the point, I wrote it. (laughs) And I think that that's very realistic to the way that it is being a writer is like, sometimes we write these things, and we write these things, and it's very real to us. But then there's also the interpretation that the audience has of it, and the people who are involved in the production of it. And all of those different opinions intermingle together to create this new sort of masterpiece, that's Yes, true to the original script, but it becomes its own uh, entity.
0: so Okay, so Booty Plunder. I hear um, this isn't your first rodeo when it comes to nudity on camera.
2: This would definitely be the first like erotic film I've ever been nude in. I've partaken in a couple other productions of erotic films, um, and I've been an ever-faithful me- model in uh, the mechanics calendar, which is a... Uh, a nude bike mechanics calendar that we've been producing uh, for the past six years.
0: Likewise with you, Amelia, is this your first nudity in a film? Or how much nudity was there really? Like, there was there full nudity or, or, or what?
1: Um, there, was, there was a little bit of nudity. So there was a point where I was uh, masturbating in a field. Um, which was actually not very fun to film, just so everybody knows there were a lot of bugs, and they were biting um but they uh, call
0: that biting insects
1: <laughs> <laughs> biting insects that's right
0: not always uh, fun
1: great pun yeah <laughs> um puns, another thing on the list um but um. Yeah, so there was there was some nudity, and um, there was just one shot, one scene.
0: Okay, so and this was this your first nudity in film, or was it? Have you done other things like this before?
1: I feel like I've done something like this before, but nothing to this extreme. You know, okay. like I've because uh, there's
0: a difference between just nudity and actually doing something.
1: Right. So I've never really done something that was nude for the public's eye. In this
0: field, was it a field kind of? Far out there? Or was it in downtown? Or did you have people standing on the perimeter? How how did that work? (laughs) Actually, we were in a
1: very public place. Um, We had to fend off a couple of like hound dogs who were kind of you know, oh. not kind of backing off, but it's a good thing I've got spoken word up my ass because I could just pull it out at them and make
0: them. By go hound dogs, away. Do you mean just do you mean like dudes? Or? Uh just
1: dudes who you know they see. Like Laura and I were both um, petite and fairly attractive uh, women, yeah. and so you take two fairly attractive women, and for some reason that that's a that's a hound call.
0: It's <laughs> depressing.
1: Um, you know, it was um, it would have been depressing, but I think the fact that we feel so liberated. Yeah, um, it, it didn't really get to us, you know we could
0: I'm just thinking about the practicalities, because I know at least one person who has had sex on the beach, and she's told me that it's not
1: fantastic at all. so, no. um, you know, as somebody who really enjoys nature, I think nature and I got a little bit too close.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so booty. Um, I, I hear you like to dress up like a pirate.
2: I was born one.
0: Okay. So, I mean, I I can tell because, I mean, first of all, you've got kind of like a pirate uh, braided goatee going on here and you've got long hair. You're not wearing full pirate regalia, though, I notice. Uh, Is it a weekend thing or something? Well,
2: I was going to say it is Sunday.
0: Okay. So there's like a day of rest for pirates. Yeah. Yeah. You don't do any other cosplay. I mean, you're exclusively a pirate. Well, actually, let me look at your wall here.
2: <laughs> no, I do I do um, what uh, is called LARPing, or in other words, live action role-playing. Okay. So, you know, the guys up on the mountain that hit each other with foam swords? Right. Kind of thing.
0: Okay, because in my day, what did we call those? The uh, Society of... Uh, Creative Anachronisms. Crune- yeah, SCA. Yeah,
2: SCA. does well, those similar in uh, in theme, but different because they hit on each other with wooden swords, whereas we do it with foam swords.
0: Do you dress up like anything, Amelia, in
1: particular? Um, sometimes I dress up like a fairy. No, that's nice. <laughs> um, yeah, in my past life, I like to think of myself as a mistress of Avalon, and so you've got to have some clothing that represents the fae people, of course.
0: You could dress up like Captain Hook. You can dress up like Tinkerbell. <laughs>
1: I think done. I'm more of a deadly fairy than oh, Tinkerbell. I'm more like Morgan Le Fay or something <laughs> like that. And she's not really a fairy. She's just fairy-blooded, which is a little bit of a difference. But we won't really go into uh, fairy um, fairy etymology while we're here.
0: You guys, what, I mean, what are your attitudes... Uh, towards sex. I mean, are you both like fairly sensual or or sexual outside of the film?
1: Um, Yeah, I feel like my answer would surprise you. I'm very sex positive. I think sex is a great thing and I'm very open to um, different people's expression of sex. And I understand that a lot of people enjoy using sex as a form of communication. And so it can be a very casual thing. Um, I'm a little bit more personal than that, like probably related to my yogic practice. um, I really like to have a partner Partnership to be sexually involved with somebody. Um, I think for me, the idea of having um, a spiritual connection and um, using sex as a way to deepen intimacy is something that I'm more interested in than something that's just like purely casual. And so I actually go like a, a long time at times, like celibate or just by myself. Um, and then when I'm with a partner, I'm like a fiend. I'm just, I could stay in bed all day, but... That's a different story.
0: It's kind of like chocolate, okay? Because when I was a kid, I would eat any chocolate anyone gave me. Even those terrible waxy bunnies, the ones that you got for Easter or I got for Easter, I would eat those. While when I get older, I'm like, okay, I'm only going to eat this kind of chocolate because I want quality chocolate. I don't want to be disappointed.
1: Well, essentially, I think that that's a perfect analogy for it because I you know, when it comes down to it, I've had sex with people where the sex has been amazing, but then the relationship is terrible. So I end up getting attached to people in which, you know, their personality makes me want to, you know, maybe cut something off, but...
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> maybe
1: my own head or something there. Um, and so getting sexually involved with somebody where it's like I can't maintain personal space with them is not necessarily comfortable. And on the other side of that, it's like then they're also the people that you're like very emotionally attracted to and the sex is kind of banal. And so, you know, to, to actually have a and maintain a sexual relationship for somebody like me, it's like I need both. It needs to be a full package.
2: I think sex can be a whole lot of different things. I personally have had, how should I say, a really horrible relationship with sex and my sexuality, um, and that was one of the main like motivators for me to get involved in this project. Because I figure it's not about not exposing myself to that whole world that I'm going to deal with it. For me, it's it's a question of kind of what you were saying, Amelia, about like figuring out what sex means for you or what you're you're looking to get from sex or from sex with this person or from sex with that person or this intimate moment with one person. And I find that if I'm I'm more lucid and more aware of what what I'm actually looking for and what I actually want and not like falling into any sort of social, how should I say, like escalators, you know, like, oh, we went on a date. Oh, Oh, we held hands. So now we're going to do this and then have sex. And that's just because that's what you're supposed to do sort of thing.
0: I mean, it's not like your typical porno film or pornography film where like the Domino's guy gets to the door and uh, the, the girl can't pay for the pizza so it's like oh come on in you know or whatever or it's not just let's get together and bang there's like more involved there there's like more intellectual stuff going on sure
2: well one thing that i really really enjoyed about about the film was how it's this narrator remembering this event this is how i've seen it and and it's through this this narration, through this recounting of these memories and reliving of this moment that you get all the imagery, which is the movie. And as to sort of hitchhike a little bit on what Amelia was saying earlier about the movie being around the desires that this one person had for this other, um, but in the context of it being a memory, I feel it's still vague if a sexual encounter actually happened with them or not.
1: Um, I think in reality what the film is, is... Um, it explores a huge part of sexuality that isn't always talked about but this element of fantasy so because the audience doesn't really know whether or not they had sex there's this element of fantasy that's brought into it which is a huge part of sexuality like so like I I mean I can't speak for your experience but like so much of my experience has been like when I know that I want to have sex with somebody there's that excitement and like you're thinking about it and you're fantasizing about it and you're wondering about it and there's something very real about fantasy, even though it is like oxymoronically fantasy. As human beings, we spend so much time in the imagination. And so what uh, Laura and I were trying to do together here was to actually paint um, a realistic image of what sexuality can be for so many people.
0: Fantasizing or yearning, I'm not sure how portrayed that is in mainstream pornography these days
1: from what i've seen not uh, not very much i I do watch porn and um one of the i actually end up turning off a lot of porn um, right because you know i try to watch it because i'm feeling horny and i watch it and i'm actually turned off because the way that um so much porn that i've seen is is that it's a bunch of like? There's a lot of porn out there where girls are just like, "Oh yeah, I want to suck your dick. I want to touch your dick. Oh really? It's so big." And I'm listening to this and I can't relate to these women. You know, um,
0: is it because it's so dick centric?
1: Um, not even <laughs> that it's so dick centric. It's just the fact um, that I feel like these women portray themselves as being particularly mindless.
0: Well, yeah, We're heartless and personally, I don't find that attractive in a woman mindlessness. And I wonder who would find that like who would watch that and find that attractive. Well,
1: you know, it's interesting because like I do online dating as well and you would not believe how many um, emails I get from men. Um, expecting me to just take my clothes off on camera for them, or really? to just um, to I uh, one recently somebody asked me if I would shit on his dick, and you know I had never spoken that's, to this. I'm pretty person sure that's not before. hygienic. <laughs> no, it's not hygienic. He even told me if he sold these uh, these images of me shitting on his dick, he would give me twenty percent. Oh. The, a wow. 20% cut, which, you know, I kind of like, I shake my fist at that. And I laugh a little bit because, you know, <laughs> I, I just, uh, you know, you, you see these things, but it's like, there's this, uh, th- this. it's not all men. It's definitely not all men. It's not all women. But um, there are a lot of men out there these days that do believe that women will just be very very happy on the first conversation to to give them whatever whatever they want you know the situation you're talking about with like the the ding dong at the door it's dominoes oh you can't pay for this i remember once a uh, man was helping me move and um and then he you know essentially said i didn't have to pay him i could just have sex with him
0: oh that's great
1: and you know, I pushed him down a flight of stairs, and he told me I was strong. And I was like, "Yeah, I do yoga, chaturanga." Sorry,
0: hold on. Did you push him down the stairs? And did he, was he still like turned on by that?
1: Oh no, 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 oh, okay, no. He okay. he got out of there. Um, <laughs> but you know, because
0: that that wouldn't surprise me too much either. To the, be honest,
1: there are these situations now, which I think um, we have to be very aware of. Is um, the fact that it's not just Porn, well, maybe, I don't know. It's not just porn, which is portraying women as mindless and men as these, like, buffoons that just get to have sex and everything. But there are actually people out there who are taking on these roles. So there are women who are pretending to be mindless and pretending to do all of these things. And then there are also men who believe that this is the reality now. Right. And, um, and then porn feeds off of that. And so it becomes this cycle.
0: I don't know how far we want to go down this road, but one thing I've noticed is that uh, recently with pornography that I've seen, there's a lot of focus on the man penetrating the woman and then just going really fast and really hard. Like just like basically pile driving, I think is what it's called what is going on? Cause I must be old or something. Cause like something's changed. And I like, I, I actually went on the, some forums. There were actually some posts of women who are complaining. Cause they said that their boyfriends get inside them and then they would go like gerbils or something like rabbits. And it wasn't enjoyable to them, to these women at least. Right. And the women were like, dude, why don't you slow down a bit? But these dudes saw it on porn and that's how they think they're supposed to do it.
1: I think that's exactly what I was alluding to there, is that, you know, there is that cycle where guys see things in porn. And I think I read an article recently saying that most, um, a lot of boys in North America see are first exposed to porn are between the ages of 8 to 12. And yeah. so this is their first exposure to sexuality, and so they, there's an impact on psychology that happens when something like that is seen and it's um, and it's normalized. And the sad thing about it is that I, I think that for both um, genders um, and uh, of course other genders that are involved in this as well, um, they all feel that there's a disconnect. You know, I think a guy who's like doing it like a gerbil. <laughs>
0: I I'm not quite <laughs> sure like but I think you get what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: yeah, I do get what you're saying or he's just going at it um that you know th- they're trying to do it because they're trying to do what's right. But the The porn industry as it is right now isn't always portraying things the way that people actually enjoy them that actually represents human sensuality and human sexuality and that's a lot of what we're trying to do in this film is to bring it back to reality
0: uh, I was going to ask you guys do you guys watch porn but I assume you both do I do, I think everybody does actually, probably.
2: No. no I don't really? very, like <laughs> I've been exposed to very little porn in my life. Okay. You see,
0: I was exposed to it as a a very young age.
1: You know, it's fascinating to me because, like, I only really started watching porn when I got more involved with Laura and working with Laura. I mean, I'd seen some porn, um, Mm -hmm. but, like, I, I don't know what your experience with it, but the first time I saw porn, it was gay porn. And I was probably around um, 17 years old. Yeah. Um, 16 or 17. 16. And uh, I remember like (laughs) kind of laughing because... (laughs) It, there, there was no personal connection. I remember um, the guy was in a sailor suit. And for some reason, they were in sailor suits. They were in a kitchen in sailor suits. And then all of a sudden, like, he just started penetrating the other man's ass um, over top of the kitchen table. And I was kind of like staring at it. It was like, how did that just all of a sudden happen? Like, he just pulled his pants down and went into it. And Okay, so
0: it, it maybe what happened with that couple, and I know I'm just retrofitting, but maybe the case is that their way of letting each other know that they want to have sex is to dress up like sailors.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> good, good, code there.
1: You know, I'll be certain with like my next partner to put on a sailor suit every time. Just, I'm
0: just get to get an on agreed hat. on, get to an agreed on outfit. <laughs> what you could even do is you could codify it so that, like, you know. The degree of 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 sailerness determines say, what you want. Like the
1: ship has sailed, that'll be my
2: <laughs> <life>. <laughs> the cue. Yeah.
0: It'll be like, yes. The question is whether or not you know they'll be like he'll be like you know swabbing the stern or the poop deck or what's going on and uh, you know it,
2: bailing the bilge water. <laughs>
1: it's like you can use nautical puns to get a little naughty.
0: <laughs> I'm huge on puns, and my wife hates it. <laughs> I love puns. So recently, in the spirit of inter-podcast collaboration, the nice guys over at Poorly Summarized Podcast played a 60-second ad spot for Share Slice. Now, they don't have an ad for me to play just yet, but they have suggested I play this interesting clip from episode 10 of one of their hosts, this would be Justin, taking a cold shower. Um, given the subject matter of this episode, I, I thought it's, uh, rather apropos. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. All
2: right. <laughs> I'm nervous. I am now naked. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Tell us more. Go on. All right. You're now right. I just, I just jump in,
2: right? Yeah. Okay, closing the door. Getting under the
0: string.
2: It's
0: feeling a little bit better. Wait, you're still in the shower?
2: Yeah, i got to wait until it stops hurting.
0: Oh.
1: Stop. Oh. Okay, it's a little uncomfortable. It's quite uncomfortable.
2: I did think it stopped hurting. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, it doesn't stop completely. It kind of, like, mellows out a little bit.
0: Well, there you go. I hope that was as refreshing for you as it was for me. Remember that you can subscribe to Poorly Summarized over at PoorlySummarized.com. Oh, and for my fellow Canadian and British friends, it's spelled incorrectly, actually, with a Z, but they are otherwise pretty awesome guys. Remember, you can also look it up over at iTunes... Google Play, or with your favorite podcast software on Android. So now let's get back to the program.
2: There's something that you kind of, I feel like alluded to um, when I said that I don't watch porn, um, and that is that I don't like porn.
0: Oh, okay. See, I assumed that because you don't watch porn, you don't like porn.
2: Um, I was exposed to porn originally somewhere probably around 13 or 14 my friend had a faster internet connection than we did, so. Yeah, um, it
0: couldn't have been any slower than
2: mine. Yeah, well, we had the whole old, you know, get off the phone, I need to, you know, go online. So, I mean, my exposure to porn was like 95% uh, just pictures. Um, there was no video. And then it kind of petered out, like around 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. Um, lost contact with the two friends that were kind of like, my your your cohorts, neighbors yeah your providers and didn't really go back there very much i would not see any porn for a while and then like kind of like go back and look at like what's new sort of thing and never come away very satisfied kind of mm. as you're saying like you'd turn on a porn and actually like go oh well actually this is kind of turning me off like i'd always kind of feel really gross actually
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I have like a, I have like a Roman Catholic kind of hangover. So for, with me, I, it took me a while to
2: actually enjoy it guilt free. I, I don't think it was guilt on my part. It really was more like yeah, it's very cold.
0: Yeah, yeah. And mechanical. Yeah, like it's that.
2: it's really cold and mechanical, as you say. So my first positive pornographic experience was. Uh, last year at Bike Smut, which is a bicycle porn film festival. Wow. Yeah. And you should definitely all go check it out because it is absolutely amazing.
0: Okay, bicycle porn. I mean, do people just like fuck next to bikes? How does that work?
2: When I first moved to Montreal, I I met a guy who proclaimed himself bike sexual. Right. Uh, And so it's just basically porn that is somehow revolves around bicycles
0: that that's not too unusual i mean you can have porn that revolves around cars Um, some people are into that um anything right
2: um yeah so it's just like people who love bikes that um felt like making porn um it's also extremely amateur um so there's no like professional porn production houses that are participating in this so it's all very um very real Mm -hmm. and to kind of juxtapose what i said before very warm um, and this was actually the first uh porn film that I got involved with uh was Montreal's first entry into bike's Smut. I guess it was two years ago that we did the, the what filming. was the name of that uh, it was called Brazen Saddles <laughs> and um and yeah and i was I was just part of the the production team. I made okay. sure that everyone got fed and that stuff was there and things that were needed were got um and besides for so- one very small closed scene in the movie. That was the You were kind
0: of like an extra then.
2: I was, yeah, basically an extra. But then when the, when the film festival came to Montreal and me and the whole production crew and the actors and then like the entire cyclist community in Montreal showed up to Café Cleopatre to go see the showing of the whole uh, slew of films in the festival, that was an amazing groundbreaking experience for me because all of a sudden here was porn, which is... Um, especially in my family, very, uh, how do you say villainified or it's like, it's yeah,
0: well, uh, I guess degraded or yeah, it's, it's,
2: it's bad. Yeah. There's, there's nothing
0: good. It's about smutty. Porn.
2: And I mean, for a lot of good reasons, I mean, like I find lots of the mainstream porn industry is very like hyper objectifying, um, very inhuman. And as, uh, Amelia was suggesting earlier, it is where most people get a lot of their sexual education from. Yeah. And and in that sense,
0: which, which is kind of tragic, too it's it's not kinda, it's
2: horribly tragic,
0: a market that would be nice or is nice is like uh, you have everything that's in the erotic film, but you have more like you have the actual sex as well, because there's nothing actually wrong with the sex.
1: Um. Yeah, actually, on the sex positive group that I'm a part of, we've been talking a lot about that. And I think in Italy, um, a few years back, there was actually a movement to keep the sex in movies. And so a lot of like scenes that had been edited out had actually been put back in. Mm-hmm. And um, I really like that idea because whenever we have a movie or a film that we we see how the characters get to know each other, we start empathizing with, with them and we start feeling for them. And I agree with you, Sean, on that aspect that like sometimes um, like, there's this uh, sex phobic mentality that um, a, a lot of... <laughs> people in high places have where they feel like sex is not appropriate yet. Yeah, I think you mentioned it earlier, but like a gun would be appropriate. Like shooting somebody is fine. But then the idea of two people having sex together,
0: yes. the idea of watching myself masturbate, that's like a whole other level for me. And I'm not sure like if, I don't know if it's, maybe if it's a confidence thing or, or what exactly it is, but I, I, I it's a sort of, I guess the same as when I first heard my own voice, on on the radio or or in a microphone how, how does that i mean how does that rate with you guys like uh, i mean did you feel a little weird watching the film with other people
1: um i actually had the flu the day that the the film was being shown so i didn't get an opportunity to see it yet um but booty plunder did
2: yeah it was because um, was... i
0: mean were you in a room with a whole bunch of other people and they're like hey good job bro was that kind of what was going on?
2: Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a special experience. Uh, it was. It was. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. The the whole metaphor of like hearing your voice for the first time is really good. Like, yeah. and I think that that's a great metaphor to like to describe a little bit what I felt that when uh, when we did the viewing. And, you know, it was the first time that I would seen the the footage edited. It was actually fascinating to like you know hear the crowd react to the film. Um, it was in a, a very uh, a very intimate... We were maybe like 30, 40, 40 people maybe about. Yeah. And 40 people who you don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe like masturbate. 30 people I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so to have, you know, something as intimate as uh, you masturbating up projected on the wall with 40 people watching it and 40 people like getting into it and reacting to it. It was really, um, I would say, healing in the sense that here were a room full of people that were totally comfortable with my sexuality and how I expressed it mm-hmm. and totally into it. And I have a hard time doing that for myself. Um, and so I found it really, really interesting to have a bunch of people come up to me afterwards. And actually a lot of, a lot of men, a lot of guys came up to me um, and thanked me for making this happen you know sort of thing or for partaking in the in the project the
0: first point that i that i was thinking of when i heard that is that it's the sort of thing where it might actually cut deep both ways so like it you're 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 exposed there literally so like if people are are enjoying it that can be very affirming and very amazing for you i mean if people were just looking at it and saying "Whoa, this sucks i mean that's like that that would really like cut into you i mean so that And maybe the second thing, uh, my observation would be that the men that coming to see you, that's particularly interesting for me because, I mean, in culture, I guess like a woman masturbating is maybe seen as very sensual and sexual, while uh, male masturbation, when it is portrayed as almost this comical joke kind of situation, this movie if if I understand the way it works properly, is portraying you both masturbating, and you're both masturbating in a very sensual way, and you're both portrayed as being equally like sensual in your masturbation. So here, these men have this portrayal of like a man, you know, having sex with himself in a very sensual kind of way, not just you know, you know, wada wada wada, p- p- ding, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I'm, I'm saying, yeah. Amelia? What do you think of that?
1: Um, what do I think about it? Yeah, I like it. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I like it. I like uh, the idea of masturbation being sensual, and for men, for it being allowed to be sensual for men um, as well as for women. Um, I'm not quite sure if the the film portrays me particularly as. Sensual. I would say so you would say so yeah. okay yeah. maybe those are my own feelings about myself what I liked about or what I liked about what you said was this idea like you know you put it into the audience hands and like they can take it one way or the other it's really sad but um the way that I feel like if people took it negatively I probably wouldn't have been um affected by it
0: that's not sad at all
1: no it's not sad at all uh okay i'm i'm glad that's not sad um (laughs) but partially because you know like i was honest about my sexuality and um the script is based off of an experience that i actually had and so the idea of putting out vulnerability into the world and being honest about it, it's not always received well. And I understand that. I understand that as my work as an artist, um, as a poet, as a writer, and then there are always gonna be the few people that do connect with you. And it doesn't really matter if like 95% of the people out there find it too avant-garde. Because like it's the five percent of those people who become your fan base who become your friends who become your allies, and the work is for your allies. it's not for the people who put you down.
2: one thing that I would definitely commemorate Laura for having helped uh me in this experience was um when finally had done all the other shots, and it was actually like you know time to get down to business and do the masturbation scene. She was super super um supportive and and just going like, yeah, just like you know, do whatever, have like, have fun, you know? And we ended up even having to, to redo the audio, which was absolutely (laughs) hysterical. So,
0: so did you have to sit in a room and like make noises to sort of correspond to what you were doing?
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It, It was very, it was very humorous and we broke it laughing a bunch of times, but... Yeah, what would I found, the, she was very supportive in whatever worked for me. You know, do what feels good for you, sort of thing. And to kind of try to tie that into what you were just saying was, yes, the the, the crowd really enjoyed the film, but I didn't do it for them. I had done it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that sense, I would I would follow suit in you. And even if the crowd did not like the film and didn't enjoy it at all, I did.
0: It's great that you guys. Did this for yourselves because it, you're, you're grounded on yourself. I guess there was no coercion there. It's just you were doing it as an exp- artistic expression, right? I don't mm-hmm. know if that Precisely. makes any sense. Yeah. 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 Listen, um, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a great, great pleasure. Uh, Booty Plunder, um, thank you.
2: Until next time.
0: And Amelia, thank you too.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Cheers.
0: So that's about it for this episode. But next episode, I've got something really special for you. I've got Tim Chismar on the phone with me. Yeah, that's right. And we're going to be dancing naked under the moonlight. Couple of Wiccans going crazy. So please subscribe on iTunes or Android so you can catch that episode. The easiest way to do it is to visit shareslicepodcast.com. Also remember that all music for this episode is by Chromatics, and it's used with permission. Thanks for listening, and bye for now.